morning, family. I know I am not what you expected today, but the same Holy Spirit is here. I'm just the vessel that he's using today. So let's go ahead and pray. <clears throat> oh, Father, you were exalted on our praises this morning. You were lifted up high, oh God. I ask that you would just reign in this place as the river from Zion is already here. It is flowing. Let your rain come forth and let the borders overflow that your people might enter in. I pray that there would be no umbrellas out in this place. That as your love comes down lavishly upon us, that it would just spill over us and cover us and move us. Oh God, I am just your vessel. Have your way, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So I invite you to the table this morning, the table that the Lord has prepared for us. Put your bib on, get your forks and your spoons out, and let's eat. This is going to tie in to Pastor Damien's um, messages that he has been given. And when Angie said that the screens weren't working today, I said, praise God. That way when I read from the word, if I stumble over some letters, y'all won't know. I want to start off with um, a few weeks ago, I believe it was the end of June, I had a vision um, on that Sunday morning when we were here in worship. And what I saw was the Lord moving through, and he was bending down, and he was kissing each heart. And then when I looked again, I saw that there were some to shooing him away. Didn't want him there. Didn't want him to kiss their heart. And the Holy Spirit was just so grieved. And I felt it in the, in the air the entire time. And I took it forth. And I thought about it. And I listened to Pastor as he began to speak. And then almost to the end of Pastor's message, the Holy Spirit said, Look at the Song of Songs, chapter 1, verse 2. And this is the Passion Translation. It says, let him smother me with kisses. His spirit kiss divine. So kind are your caresses. I drink them in like the sweetest wine. But oh, Lord, you're so good to us. You're so good. I gave that word. I let pastor know what it was. There were some other things going on during that time, some other saws, some other things. As I went home, later on in the day, I was reading something from uh, Chuck Pierce. And he said, look, look again and look beyond. And I knew the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, go back and look at what I showed you this morning. When I went back, he said, do you remember what you called me? I said, yes, Lord. He said, that is why those that shooed me away, I am not Lord of their life. That's why the Holy Spirit was so grieved. I want to give just a little bit of insight to this verse in Song of Solomon. 
It's the entryway to Jesus' heart. She's saying, let him, let him come. To let him is to yield to him, to surrender to him. That's how we let him come. And then we can just rest and be there with him. His loving grace is enough for us. If we just let him, we get, begin by surrendering to him. Also, that spirit kiss, that is the same kiss that the spirit gave Adam that brought him to life, the living expression of God. And pastor talked about this, I believe, last week. It's dust to deity. We met the maker with his kiss. The word of God is a kiss from his mouth, our beloved, to us, breathing upon us his revelation of love. Why wouldn't we surrender to that, that love that he just lathers over us? We are his beloved. He is our beloved. Now, the Shudamite in that scripture that asked him for the kiss is the bride. It is us. She didn't ask for power. She didn't ask for position. She didn't ask for a promotion. She asked for a kiss from the Spirit. She asked for intimacy from our God. That's where everything flows out of. Everything flows out of intimacy. Oh, to know our lover. It's hard to allow somebody to be intimate with them, with us, if we don't know him. Song of Solomon's 1-4, draw me into your heart. We will run away together into the king's cloud-filled chambers. We will remember your love, rejoicing and delighting in you. We're celebrating your every kiss as better than wine. No wonder the righteousness adores you. This is that secret place. This is the place of surrender to him. But he must be made Lord. Not just the Father to be Lord. Not just Jesus to be Lord. All three. Holy Spirit must be Lord as well. The definition of Lord is a person of power and authority over others. We can't view our lives as them being our own because they're not. Our money can't be viewed as being our own because it's not. Everything we own, everything we have, everything we are is his, even our own bodies. We were purchased at such a great cost. We're not our own. And you know, all we need to do is what Psalms 34 tells us at eight. Oh, taste and see that he is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. 
Blessed is the man who trusts in him. If you're wondering, why can't I just give it all? Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you know him well enough to trust him? Taste him. Sit at the table. Start to taste. If you're sitting down and somebody has brought forth some amazing dessert that you've never had, and you begin to taste it, and you're like, oh, that's pretty sweet. That's got a lot of chocolate in it. That's pretty decadent. You're not going to just push it away. You're going to want more of it. You're going to want more of it. So you can experience how good he is. You can experience how merciful he is, how loving he is, how kind he is. First Peter, second and three. Now that you've tasted that the Lord is good, what are you going to do now that you've tasted now that you've got a taste of him, keep tasting. Keep tasting. Just like we were singing, we want more. We want more of you. We want more. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend money on what is not bread and wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your souls delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live and make an everlasting, I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. So see, we spend a whole lot of our money buying things that don't satisfy us. Things that aren't necessarily bad, but they don't benefit us. Things that do not satisfy us, we spend our money on, yet this is free. He says, come and buy and eat, it's free. He's already paid the price. Who's going to go out and eat if somebody has said, hey, I've already paid for y'all, headed out to barn out back? This place would empty out and head there because it's free, right? It's the same with the Lord. It's been a great cost. It's already free. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17. This one is out of the NIV. And then I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. We've heard this scripture over and over and over again. But I want you to catch something. <clears throat> now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness. An ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. This is the Passion Translation. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is Holy Spirit. And wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. Holy Spirit must also be Lord. 
there within all three of them lies our freedom. Paul was just trying to show us there that every time we see Lord, it doesn't mean Jesus. It may not mean our Father. But it's this one is Lord, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit ruling, speaking, convincing us of the truth, leading us into freedom. In Genesis, in the very beginning, we see Holy Spirit hovering, hovering over the waters. The word says the chaotic waters. And he was hovering like a hen hovers over her eggs, broods over them. And what he did was he brought chaos into order. He brought chaos into order. In John's gospel, Jesus breathed. He breathed the spirit onto his disciples. In Acts, he came, the spirit came like a mighty rushing wind. God creates and recreates us through the power of the Holy Spirit. When someone experiences new life in Jesus, it's only because the Holy Spirit has drawn, convicted, and transformed them to be able to come unto him. We worship through the Holy Spirit. We worship him in spirit and in truth. I just wanted to lay <clears throat> a quick foundation for the three being Lord. The name of God that is Adonai, it is found over 400 times in the word. And its meaning is a revelatory meaning. It comes from Adon, which translates master or ruler. It contains dominion, rulership, and ownership. So our Adonai is a ruler. He owns us because Jesus paid that price for us. If we're not willing to surrender to his ownership, all of our time, our thoughts, our talents, everything we have that he so freely gave us, it lessens the flow that's coming down. We're kind of just making it a drip. If we won't surrender to him. Instead of being a full force, a full force of him, of all that he is flowing over us. If we surrender to Adonai, all of heaven will open up and pour upon us like a waterfall. It's hard to walk in the Spirit if Holy Spirit's not Lord with the Father and the Son. We're going to continue 
to do what we want if he's not Lord as well. In 2 Chronicles 16.9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth, so that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. You have foolishly acted. And indeed, from now on, you will surely have war. This comes at a time where um, the Israelites are separated. <clears throat> There's, a, I believe, a northern and a southern kingdom. And the 12 tribes are separated at this point. And King Asa is the king in, I believe it was Jerusalem. And when he became king, he wanted to walk like his fathers did in God and to trust him. And he did. What he did was when the Lord came before him and, and laid everything out, he said, I want to follow you, Lord, like my fathers have. So he went through the land, and he pulled down all the Asher poles. He pulled down all the idols so that their one true God would be the only one that was worshipped in the land, that he ruled over at least. But his own grandmother was angry that her Asher pole was chopped down. She resurrected it, and she sat it back in place. And because he had surrendered and committed himself to the Lord, he had to, she was in what they called a queen's place in the kingdom. She had to be taken off of her post because she wanted to go out and resurrect that Asher pole again and not just trust and surrender herself to the one true God. So King Asa, he went along, and he had, because he did what he did throughout his kingdom, there was peace. There was peace all in his land, and it ruled and it reigned there for years and years until the other king of the other side of the kingdom came against him. Because of all the peace, because of the surrender, there were many of the tribes that switched over with him. And that made, I think it's King Bedahath, he was angry. So he came against Asa. And he started building up walls so people couldn't come and go. And this is where it, it came to. Asa decided to call upon another king. And he said, I'll give you the silver and the gold for my treasury if you will pull out from King Benahath. Then he'll let me go. And that's exactly what happened. And then the Lord sent a prophet, Hanai. And he said, Asa, you've done so well all these years. You've had peace all these years. The Lord has supported you all these years because you surrendered to him. You were committed to him. You were devoted to him. Now you trusted in man. 
more than you have trusted in the Lord your God. And that's where he said, surely you've acted foolish. and Indeed, you will now have wars. The peace was over because he decided no longer after all those years to surrender. May we not act foolishly and trust man over our king. How do we make him, Lord? It's surrender. But it's a joyful surrender. It's a joy of giving everything to him. That's where our freedom is. That's where our rest is. This is our freedom, is surrendering. We put everything we have, our future, our past, our feelings, our now, all the things that we don't understand, we place them in his hands. Surrender means to yield, to give up oneself to another power. An act of letting go with willing trust. Uh, the joy of abiding. Willing trust. If you're not in his chambers, if you don't know how much your beloved loves you, hard to surrender. It's hard to give him our now, let alone our tomorrow. Abandon everything. And this joy can just get our feet moving and pumping and dancing before him. And it causes us to live in harmony with him, in oneness with him. We become whole in him in this surrender. We can fully live with no limitations. There are limitations here. There are more limitations coming. The sight that we see now that Elder Melissa was talking about, it's limited. But with my father's eyes, with my father's ears, in that surrendering, he is limitless. There is nothing he withholds. There is nothing that he can't do. All we have to do is let him. It takes us to a place where all things are possible. All things, not some things. All things are possible. The example that we have is Jesus. He was a man of prayer. He looked beyond the earthly realm into the supernatural realm for all of his situations. Now he came, he came for us. He came to feel what we feel. He come to know what we go through. And we think 2,000 years ago, there's no way he can know what this is, what that felt like. I think I would not have wanted to be back then. I think it was way worse than what we're dealing with now. I truly do. But he knows everything we're feeling. He went through it. And his eyes yet went to the supernatural because he had his father's eyes. He looked in the beyond to see what his father was doing. It says in John 5, 19 and 20, 
Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he's doing. If you'll just ask for the father's eyes, surrender your eyes and ask for the father's eyes. And he says that he will show you he longs to show you what the Father is doing. Jesus gave his whole self. And as doing that, as surrendering to everything that the Father needed him to do, he was able to walk and to move in the Father. It amazed me so many times in the word, if you read in the Gospels, Jesus will say, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this. And you still don't believe me. And now you want to see the Father. But I said, if you've seen me, if you've seen what I've done, I've showed you the Father. And you still don't believe. You still don't believe. Let's not be in unbelief. But when he says something, when you read his word, believe what he says and believe that you can see the Father. Because the Holy Spirit, he's here with us now. He reveals the Son to us. The Son revealed the Father to us. So we know what the Father is doing. Jesus surrendering in the Garden of Gethsemane. The revelation that Pastor Jim had a few weeks ago on Abba. It gives us a deeper look at the depth of Jesus' surrender. Mark 14, 36. And he said, Abba, Father. Remember, Abba, I will obey. So he said, I will obey Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup from me, nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. Can you imagine? Jesus was saying, Father, I know this is going to be hard. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to obey you, but man, do you know what this feels like right now? I'm sweating blood. I am sweating blood because I know that I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to hang on that cross. I am going to have to take those whippings. I don't want to do this. I will. Are you sure there's not another way? But he already said in the beginning, I will obey you. I will do it. It actually came at a great cost for our Savior. He didn't keep a part of himself. Not at all. He surrendered everything on that cross for you and for me. For anything we've already done, for anything that we'll ever do. And if that's the only thing that he ever does, that's all we need. Because he's our enough. He's already done it.
truly walk in the spirit, every part of us must be given over to him. And he'll show us if there are places that are unsurrendered. We just give him what we know. And if there are unsurrendered places, all we have to do is ask, are there unsurrendered places within me that is being filled by something that's not like you? Show me so that I can surrender that to you as well. Jesus knew that the Father needed all of him. Not just some of them, but all of them. He decided to build his, king, his Father's kingdom and not his own kingdom. In Haggai 1, there's only two chapters. But in Haggai 1, the temple had been destroyed. And the Lord came and he spoke and he said, is it not time for my temple, my house to be rebuilt? But what are you guys doing? You're busy building your own houses. But you know what? You have planted and you have reaped little. You're eating, but not enough to satisfy. You have clothes, but it wasn't enough to keep you warm. You had money put in your pocket, but your pocket has holes in it because you are building your own house. You are building your own kingdom and not my own. He said, I stopped the dew from coming down. He said, I stopped the new wine from coming down. He said, I stopped the oil from coming down. May we not stop the new wine from coming. It's our lifeblood. We need that new wine. We need that oil to come. Zerubbabel and Joshua were stirred. Their spirits were so stirred that they said, we in the remnant will get out there and we will build. We will go and we will build for you. And that's exactly what they did. If you want to continue to see what went on, you can go back and you can read those. may we not build our own kingdom, but build the Father's kingdom. Surrendering to him and making him Lord causes us to focus on him and to do his will and not our own. I have a story for you. It's kind of a funny one but it kind of just drives things home. There was a pig and a chicken walking down the street and they saw a grocery store. And they noticed that there was a sign on the grocery store that said wanted. They stopped and they read it. It said eggs needed, bacon needed. They looked at each other, kind of giggled. And they looked back at the sign and the chicken said, hey, pig, let's go help this grocer out. I give him a few eggs. You give him a little bit of bacon. The pig said, what is wrong with you? Do you know what that means? He said, you're going to go and you're going to contribute a few eggs here and there. You're just going to contribute some things. But for me, 
God wants the ham, the bratwurst, the sausage, and the bacon. He wants all of me. I can't just give the bacon. The pig had to give his entire self. Which one are we? Do we contribute a little? Or have we given all of it? It's up to us. God's a gentleman. He won't make us do anything. Willingly, willingly, cheerfully, may we be like the pig, giving everything, surrendering it all. Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living, holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service to him. You have to present something willingly that he will accept. It's a body that is committed to his word, to his ways, surrendered to him, holy and set apart. What is set apart? Anybody have dirty dishes in the sink? I do. Somebody want to come and do them? <laughs> Those dishes are the profane dishes. I have clean dishes that we have up in the cupboard that we can pull out and eat off of. Those are the everyday dishes, right? Now, I have to be honest. My good dishes, my china, it's not in my china cupboard anymore. They're actually put away because I never use them. They were the ones that were set apart for when a guest come. They were the ones set apart for when we were having a special meal I wanted to use, but I never used them. They were the set apart ones. That's what he's looking for. Us surrendered and committed to his ways, set apart for his use. Get this, though. Surrender cannot happen before a sacrifice is included. Sacrifice means an act of offering. We lay ourselves upon the altar so that we can gain something better. Therefore goes our surrender. What are we gaining? More of him less of me. The sacrifice must go first. That's the only way we can advance his kingdom and build his kingdom and not our own. Surrender will cost us something. It'll cost us ourselves. But unless we sacrifice and surrender, we can't have more of him. So in that that we sang in worship, 
I want more of you, I want more of you, I want more of you. We must sacrifice on the altar ourselves and surrender to him so that we can have more of him. And you know, people can look like they're surrendered. We can play a part. We can say all the right things. We can carry a big Bible. But God knows our hearts. We can't fool him. It doesn't matter what other people know or don't know. It matters that the Lord sees you. He sees our hearts. He knows what's in here. And they can have a life all of their own. Oh, that we would just surrender and not look the part. This matters that he knows that we're surrendered to him. In reality, heaven is visiting you when you're surrendered. It's heaven come down, visiting you face to face. You get to move, live, and have your being in him and go from glory to glory and strength to strength if you're surrendered. And it's that that altar, that fiery altar that Abraham took his son, Isaac. Isaac actually carried his own wood. He kept saying, Father, where's the sacrifice? Lord will provide. Didn't tell us. But Isaac laid there He knew then that he was a sacrifice and he surrendered himself to that. He didn't go kicking and screaming. Romans 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God and that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Conformed means surrendered, yielded. So I'm just going to hit a few things because there's so much there. We can either be surrendered to the world's ways, and if you don't think you're not surrendering to the world, you're surrendering to one or the other. or we can be surrendered by, to his. His way of thinking versus our way of thinking. His way is way higher than mine. His thinking is way better than mine. My thinking, it brings death. We don't think about that, but my thinking brings death. Whatever I'm thinking, Whatever I dwell upon makes my feet move. So my feet walk in death as well. But if I have his mind on, which it says, we have the mind of Christ. Surrendered our thinking or his mind. We now have his thoughts. We now have life to speak out over everyone that we see, over our family, over those that are in the marketplace. Life and peace, life and peace is in his thinking. 
if we renew our minds with the washing of the word, we have his mind. That's how you get his mind. If you surrendered yours, let the word wash over you. The washing of the word. And know that you're chosen by him and you're cared for by him and you're protected by him and you can fully, fully trust him. And in this way, his way of thinking will cause you to think and act and move differently. It's called a surrendered life. These, these verses, we know them. We've read them many times. We've heard them spoke of many times. We've heard them prayed many times. The word says that it is alive and is active, and it goes down to the joint in the marrow, and it separates. Those words that we read are active. Let them go down into your very soul and allow it to take out that that's not of him, to be able to surrender yourself to him. To walk in that surrendered life. John 12, 32. If I be high and lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It must be the Lord sitting on the thrones of our heart. And he must be high and lifted up. So that whoever passes by us, whoever meets us, sees him and not us. It's no good if somebody meets me at Walmart. If I'm in a hurry to get through the line because I have somewhere to be, it does no good if they don't see the Lord sitting on his throne. If my eyes aren't my father's eyes to see what the needs are of the people around me in the marketplace. And it's only because of that surrendered place that we can spill out on them. It's been a few years ago, but I remember studying on surrender and I had a vision that I had walked into Walmart and there was a, a young woman walking towards me. And as I passed her, I heard her say, I just really need a drink of water. I immediately, I had a bottle of water on me, unbeknownst to me, and I cracked it open, and I went and I handed it to her. And she looked at me, and I said, but you asked for a bottle of water. She said, I never spoke a word. But she said, I do need the living water. So it was... Jesus moved with such compassion within me that heard with the Father's ears, surrendered ears, and having the Father's ears, the heart cry of that young woman that walked by, and he was able to move out and give her that living water. Because our surrender isn't just for us. It's for others. Yes, it's for us but we can't keep it for ourselves. The living water is for everyone. He died for 
all, not some. He died for all. May they see him sitting on our throne, on his throne. That surrender also brings us to obedience. It positions us to obedience. And I'm not going to go through this last one, but I will read the verse. It's Matthew 11:29. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. That is a yoke that they used to use in the old ancient times, and actually the Amish still use it. It's the yoke. It's a wooden piece that goes over their necks. And there is an uh, older trained ox with a young one put in next to them. They're yoked together so that this one can show the ways of how to do things. They were yoked together. And you know, the burden doesn't all go on that young one. The burden goes on the one that is training. And he's training him to surrender his way and what he might want to do. Oh, I see, a, I see a pasture ahead. I see water ahead to run ahead, but to stay right there beside and to move along with him. There's rest and moving with our God and not ahead of him, not behind him. There's peace there. The last thing that I'm going to go ahead and read to you is Psalms 41, 42 and 1 and 2. As the deer longs for the stream of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God and the living God. Then I can go stand before him. And in the Passion Translation, that reads, I long to drink from you, O God to drink deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. My longing overwhelms me for more of you. My soul's thirst pants and longs for the living God. I want to come and see the face of God. Do you remember the song, The Deer Panthers for the Water? Here's the words, and I'll close on this. As the deer pants, for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You are all my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. You alone are my strength and my shield. You alone does my spirit yield. You alone that are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. You are my friend, and you are my brother. Giver and God, you are the king. I love you more than any other. So much more than anything, you alone are my strength and my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. To you alone my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. Let's pray. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for how you have moved in here today. Each is able to gather what was theirs to hear. And I know each portion was just right for each one. May it go down into that place 
that only you know about and be able to do the work that you need to do. I thank you for reigning, for reigning and saturating. I thank you that we have tasted of you today and that we desire to have more of you because you are so good. You're so kind and so merciful to us. You are everything that we could ever want. May we not ask for promotion or money or anything else that can rust. But as the Shudamite woman, may we ask and let you come and kiss us from the breath of heaven that revives us and makes us and transforms us gives us more of you I ask Holy Spirit that you would just seal this word to all of our hearts that it cannot be stolen that it will be placed in good soil that it will continue to be watered and even though it might not be seen but the sprout it's working underneath will pop through may it be tended may the sun shine upon it as it brings a great tree with such sweet fruit teach us and continue to teach us how to walk the surrendered life so that we may have that go in our feet on the path that you have set us in Jesus name amen